The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome into another episode of Bear Bones. I am Mason West, doctor of physical therapy and host of this particular episode. Uh, Bears fans from all over went into this offseason wanting a handful of things, one of which was a new offensive line whether that be through agency or the draft. There is one offensive line product who has been generating the combine, a pretty cool article by Dane Brugler of The Athletic. I want to welcome in Jake Witt to the podcast. Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So for those who don't know, I mean, you should by now. Like I said, he's really starting to pop recently. Uh, he's an offensive line prospect coming up in this 2023 NFL draft, Northern Michigan, after previously playing basketball at Michigan Tech. So, Jake, how did you find football? I mean, from what I can tell, your hometown of Bruce Crossing, Michigan, didn't really have too many football teams, right? Yeah, you, you know, we had an eight-man high school football team, so it was a little bit of a different game than that 11-man game. But played two years of it in high school. Um, so I had a little bit of experience, you know, just with the sport um, and playing, but I had some offers out of high school, you know, my final three, um, coming out of high school, we're going to be take the scholarship I had at Michigan tech for basketball, um, a scholarship here at Northern for football or, um, my preferred walk on offer at central Michigan for football. Um, you know, I finalized it down to those three ended up, you know, going with basketball, transferring to Northern that second year and, you know, the coaches that had recruited me, I reconnected with when I got on campus. Uh, you know, I was just a student for that first semester here at Northern, but uh, joined the team in that spring spring semester of 2020, and then the rest is history. So I just mentioned, right, Bruce Crossing, technically Michigan, but pretty close to Wisconsin. So what football team did you follow growing up? I was a Packers fan growing up. <laughs> uh, see, now I'm going to have to kick you off the pod. You know, I was yeah, yeah, that was, was a, that. Thanks for having me, yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, that's that's awesome. Uh, so, like, take us through some of your, you know, athletic development. Like, what sports did you play growing up? And then how did that transition you into the football play you are today? Yeah, you know, I played basketball since I was a third grader. You know, we were big basketball area, big basketball school. Um, so I played basketball all the way growing up. And then my junior, senior year um, are the only two years that I played football as well as track. So I've had two years of those, both those sports, but a whole, basically a whole life of playing basketball leading up to it. But, you know, I'm glad I went the route I did with starting with basketball, because if I, at that point, you know, I thought it was the most natural sport for me. Um, I'd played it for the longest. And uh, if I wouldn't have gone out and played basketball to start with, you know, I would have never really known, you know, should I have play played basketball? You know, I mean, obviously this has worked out now, but 
it showed me what I didn't want and what I did want, and it led me to the position I'm at right here. So, well, it's the thing, right? Yeah, you don't you don't know what you want until you experience it. So it's pretty cool you got to dip into at least a little bit of everything there. Exactly. Yeah. And so, right, like you had mentioned, right, for you did basketball first, then transition to football, and then you really were focusing your studies for a little bit. Like, what really got you back into wanting to say, like, you know what, I want to play football and not just I want to play, but potentially play at the next level? You know, it was – so I had posted a picture on Instagram um, that indicated I was at Northern. You know, a lot of people didn't know at that point um, which school I was going to, you know, because they followed me through athletics. You know, when somebody's not playing sports anymore, they – kind of lose track of them um so i posted that picture which indicated i was going to school here at northern and uh one of the the guy i actually trained for my pro day prep training with up here um the guy that at the time was the northern michigan football strength coach he reached out and said hey you know i have my sports performance gym i I knew this guy through high school all the way all the way up so i knew him we had never met though but he reached out and said hey i see you're at northern you know i want to get you out to the gym. I want to offer you a spot to train with our, you know, at that time, the pro day prep group, um, just to like, we want to use you as a test subject. Right. So I got training with those guys. Um, and you know, that brought back my competitive fire, you know, seeing and working with those high level football athletes, you know, that re- that's really what sparked into my head for me again. And, you know, I ended up joining the team probably a month, a month after I started training at the gym again. Yeah. I don't think people realize how hard that is to, not just be able to pick up and play a sport that you've played before, but one that, I mean, you were spending a lot of time previously to that playing basketball. I mean, that's not like a direct correlation. So the, the athletic prowess you have and the ability to switch gears like that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's something I have going for me, you know, like just as far as only playing one year at offensive line now, um, you know, it's just, I'm a, I'm a fast learner when it comes to switching positions and whatnot. So that's something I have going for me, you know, obviously, not too many bad habits right now. I'm at the position and it just um, shows that my ceiling can be high as a player with some development. You know, speak, speaking of switching positions, right? Wide receiver, tight end, now offensive line. You know, that story of October 30th, 2021, game against Ferris State, ton of injuries and coaches come up to you at halftime and, to, you know, my knowledge, asked a tight end who had never really played or practiced at offensive line to play right tackle. What was going through your mind then? How did it go? Like, how did you get into that first snap? Yeah, I remember he came at me with the number 65 jersey. And I'm like, in my head, I, I knew what was coming, you know, because I knew we had injuries um, that had happened in that game that we were just struggling to kind of work out our offensive line. So I knew what was coming when he came towards me. We got out from halftime. Um, and I probably took five or six practice reps that he was coaching me up at on the sideline. And, uh, you know, I went out there. I was obviously very nervous, um, but I knew at that point I had I had nothing to lose. You know, I had never played the position before. I was just going out there to try to do my best for the team. You know, and I ended up working out pretty well. But yeah, I was I was super nervous going into that second half of the game. I mean, I didn't know what to expect. Didn't know how to play the position or anything. But yeah, number sixty five is that is that like a good number for you? You like that, or did you just take it because he threw it at you? Uh, he just threw it at me, you know. I mean, sixty-six would be if I if I could choose a line a number, it'd be sixty-six. You know, okay. I'm sixty-five is kind of nice. It was my first first offensive line number, so yeah. I mean, you have what allowed? I think it was zero sacks or pressures going against the likes of a pretty solid pass rush, Caleb Murphy. You know, it's it wasn't against any you know run of the mill guys. So so 
the fact you're able to pull it out pretty impressive how what was like so mentally what were you doing were you did you feel like you had to really think every single step you were doing did you just go out there and just stop the guy in front of you how'd you handle that yeah i mean technique wise I, I didn't know the technique and i didn't know the responsibilities of a tackle um you know in the runner pass game so every single snap i was asking my left guard um you know what what do i do on this play you know what do i do on this present and this so I would go up every snap, ask him, and then I would try to simulate what I thought an offensive tackle did, like in a, in that situation, right? So obviously yeah. I knew what I thought a pass protection or like a pass set looked like. So I was trying to imitate that on film. It was hilarious to watch after the fact. But run game wasn't too bad. Obviously I was a blocking tight end. So, you know, I knew how to run block, but pass protection was, was hilarious. But I was just – you know, I was sliding back there. It looked like a basketball player defending somebody, you know, sliding and defending them. But that's something I have is my footwork from basketball that I think helped me, you know, go into that game, that second half of the game and just rely on my athleticism. But, yeah, I was super nervous. But every play, asking my left guard, what do I do? And then I was just kind of winging it. Well, you see it all the time, even at the, the NFL level, the tight ends trying to block a pretty dominant edge rusher off the edge. And, you know, fans are sitting back saying, oh, why can't you do that? You know, you're, you block one on one. Like, what's the difference as a tight end blocking on the edge versus being an offensive tackle in that pass block? Yeah, I think obviously number one is uh, weight. So, I mean, you know, I'm, four, I'm 40 pounds heavier now than I was when I was playing at that posi- at that time. But and then I think a big thing is, you know, tight ends, you have to know the formations, the motions, the route tree, everything. So your your uh, particular like skill set isn't directly focused on, you know, run blocking and pass blocking. You have to know the formations. You have to know you have to know a lot more uh, across a wide span than a offensive tackle does in a way, you know, so you can't just particularly focus on that. So I think I mean just directly focusing on my pass protection and my run game as a tackle. I mean, just boosted my game that much. Whereas a tight end, you know, I was, I was practicing my route running as well and all that stuff. So it's just directly focusing on it that much more, you know, helped a ton. All right. We're going to take a brief pause and plug our draft party. We're going to do draft on draft. Uh, so this is going to take place at noon whistle brewing company. Uh, that night, Thursday, April 27th, 6 p.m. Uh, obviously, the draft starts at 7. Uh, we're doing this to hang out with y'all, the listeners, if you want to swing by. I know a lot of you are out of town, but you know if you want to have a place to come and, and do something in Chicagoland area, if you get some time off, come on by. Uh, Jake, if you want to come and hang out with a bunch of Bears fans, feel free to swing by. We'll grab, we'll buy you a beer. <laughs> oh, man, all right. Yeah, but um, we could, yeah, we could throw you, get a live reaction to the, some of the, bear, the Bears picks and all that. Uh, but yeah, Thursday, April 27th, 6 p.m. Um, we're going to do some giveaways. I had mentioned this before. Uh, Hyper Ice uh, Hypersphere, which is awesome for recovery. I obviously got to throw in some medical yeast stuff as, as a physical therapist. We're going to do a DJ Moore jersey. There's more stuff in the works. Keep listening. But yeah, we'll, we'll keep plugging this all the way up until then. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking. From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. So like I just said, my main gig is a physical therapist, sports performance, and I wouldn't be doing my due diligence if we didn't get into the performance and the workout stuff. So, you know, between 2021, and 2022, you bulked up to 280 pounds. Then at your pro day, you measured at six foot seven and 302 pounds. What was your focus on doing that? And how did you do it? Because, you know, when I see you on film, when I see the pictures, you're a pretty defined guy. You know, it's not like you just added a bunch of extra fat with, you know, eating extra Chipotle. So how, how did you get that done? Right. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I was 260-ish um, when I finished that season playing tight end, stacked on 20 to play last season at tackle, stacked on 20 more for this uh, pro day transition. But, you know, nutrition was a huge part of it, obviously. I mean, my undergraduate major was applied exercise science and health. So, I mean, that was, you know, I was a certified personal trainer for a while and nutrition is just a big part of, um, you know, my life. So I, I just dialed up my nutrition my nutrition plan, you know, made sure I was getting uh, obviously all my adequate macros and all that. And then the training plan stayed about the same, to be honest. I just, I'm just a a lucky guy. You know, I put on weight pretty lean um, and I have a big frame so I could easily hold, you know, 20, 25 more pounds than I have now and and be lean. But yeah, it was just nutrition based. You know, I just, I just amped up my nutrition plan and we started rolling. Walk us through that a little bit. So like leading up, let's say the day before your pro day, what would like a, what would your meal plan look like? Yeah. So the day before, um, I was at my grandma's house. So she had some good meals. You know, we, I I asked for my special macaroni and cheese. So I had some good, you know, I had some good carbs going into it, but that was just a nice, you know, calorie filling meal. And then with a pro day too, I don't need to be, I don't need to have anything that'll make me last for, you know, constant activity for three hours or anything. It's more just short bursts. So then like, you know, like the day of I was, you know, I had a smoothie, I had, um, you know, a nice pasta bowl and stuff like that. I wasn't eating anything too crazy. Um, but I had that a couple hours before I made sure I was hydrating and I didn't do, I didn't do anything too crazy. Like I would have before, you know, a three and a half hour football game, but I made sure I wasn't eating anything you know, junkie or any of that. And yeah, we went in and it worked out. So. Yeah. That's what a lot of definitely football fans and even just, you know, let's say parents of, of kids growing up, like aren't realizing is how important that nutritional component is for, for their young and now getting older athletes. You know, I've had patients who, you know, they roll in and uh, they're like, well, what would you have before your competition? Well, I had a power bar. And it's like, okay, like no wonder your knees falling apart kind of thing. That's just not enough. So exactly. it's awesome exactly. to hear that you're obviously sticking to what you need to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, big part of it and uh, made sure I dialed that in. 
So we're here we're going to throw up your, your RAS, right? So basically that athletic measurement. And as a reminder for those listening, we do have this up on YouTube if you want some of the visuals. Same goes for the live broadcast. Next one will be Thursday, April 30th, where we dive into a, another mock pod uh, draft. And we're going to have a special guest there, so tune in who that's going to be. But right now, again, with Jake, pro day results, right? 4.89 second 40-yard dash, 1.7-yard 10-yard split, which is which is awesome. 37-inch vertical and a broad jump of 10 foot 3 inches. That leads to a RAS of 9.92 when you combine all the other stuff in. To put some of that into context, I mean, that vertical would have tied BYU's Blake Freeland for the positional top spot at the Combine. And the broad jump would have been the best among all offensive linemen in the past 10 years. I mean, when you started, did you expect those numbers? Is that just another walk in the park, another day for you? Or did you even surprise yourself a little bit? You know, I knew I would hit near those numbers and adrenaline on the day of the pro day. You know, on a general training day, I was probably hitting, you know, close to 37, 36-ish is probably my average. And then I was hitting like a 10-foot, 10-foot, 2-ish average on my broad. So those are both like a little bit of adrenaline had me, got me to pump out that one more inch. I'm on those jumps, but I was super happy with those. You know, those are, we started with both of those, our first two athletic tests. Um, and that kind of, that kind of jump started my day. So what did you focus on between day the season ended up to your pro day to get those numbers? What did some of your training look like? Yeah. So I was here with uh, Dustin Branshaw at Advantage Sports Training in Marquette, Michigan. He's a great, he's like, a speed and jumps coach basically he's a strength coach but um, those are his two like specialties and I mean it was just a lot of obviously I mean work work on different types of plyometric work and all that stuff um you know working vert pad we're working vert text we're working box jumps we're working pogo jumps banded jumps I mean many different jump variations um and then that was all of just our jump training sprint training we're working sleds he has a shred mill in there from xpe sports um that is super helpful so we we got that in there we were using yeah but sleds that we're really grinding in on our starts as well but yeah he's just a great great speed and jumps coach and um he's kind of what guided me to where i was with those with those tests and then is that kind of shift at all now pro day is done now you're trying to you know kind of that old mini version of the underwear olympics that they call the combine you know, is that going to shift it all a bit for you as you now start to become, okay, I'm going to have a, a rookie mini camp at some point here, like, or is that training going to be pretty consistent? No, it's going to switch up. So before, you know, our focus was strictly on, you know, getting our 40 yard, 40 yard dash time better, a vertical jump up all that. When we were actually taking more time testing those, all those measurables and all that. Now we're still going to be jumping and sprinting, but a lot of our focus is going to be placed on positional skill work. Um, you know, we're going to actually be working on being a football player, not an athlete now. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that, that'll be the big focus going into, because like you said, we have mini camps coming up in May and um, you know, that's going to carry us at the end of the day to getting a spot on the roster. So. Are there any current NFL players tackles that you look at watch film of and you say, you know what, this person I feel like is similar to me, so therefore I'm going to try to emulate my game after them. Or is is Jake Witt his own guy? You know, I think we're all we're all different. Obviously, we're different in different attributes and just mindsets. But a guy that I kind of watch, and just because he came from a similar, you know, he was at one point he was a tight end, right? And um, he was 306ish. Lane Johnson, uh, you know, right tackle for the Eagles, he was 306ish at his pro day, his combine. And he's just a super athletic tackle, arguably one of the best right tackles of all time. 
and just being a taller guy as well. Um, you know, I kind of watch how he works with his pad leverage, how he stops various different rushes and, uh, <clears throat> you know, how he attacks the run game and footwork wise, you know, he's a good guy to watch because I kind of see his background and my background in a similar way. And same thing, just frame wise, you know, we're kind of a similar athlete. So. Well, and you mentioned that, right. The height that, you know, and the length that you have, which is definitely a huge, huge attribute, but you know, you talk about leverage, really important. So, you know, other tackles who have been on the longer, taller side have struggled a little bit. How do you make sure that you maintain that leverage, right? How do you feel like your knee bend is? How do you feel like your waist bend is in order to be able to keep that leverage? Yeah. You know, it was something that even last season, I didn't really, understand that much being my first year playing tackle you know I you know I understood it but I wasn't really able to grasp until this past spring you know I spent two weeks down in Knoxville doing some positional skill work training um, with an ex-NFL player Lee Smith and you know that really just it just clicked in my head for me now and you know something I didn't realize how important it was you know that knee bend that that hip flexibility all that stuff, you know, especially when you're, you know, taking on a bull rush or something. So he really transformed my game. I was able to take stuff back from, from that training cycle up here to Marquette. And, um, but yeah, it's just such an important attribute and a tackle, you know, you're going to need to handle different rushes. You're going to need to handle speed bowl, speed to bowl. You're going to need to handle inside moves, you know, hip flexibility, hip bend, knee bend is so important in keeping that leverage, especially like in a bull rush, like I said. And so what do you feel like is your biggest asset to an NFL team? And what is the one hole currently in your game that you're working to fix? Yeah, my biggest asset is just my, obviously my speed and quickness. So like we're working outside zone, I'm able to get that outside. Say we're working, you know, run games where I'm moving to that second level, sometimes third, you know, I'm going to have that athleticism to get out, get out there faster than some other tackles might. Um, and, you know, folks is in my, in my game now. Um, obviously we're grinding in on the basics of, or the, you know, the continuing with the basics and all the skill work with pass protection. But now my focus is just run game, you know, cause it's going to be a whole different level of athlete coming from the division two level to NFL. I mean, it's going to be a completely different game bigger guys. Plus I stacked on 20 pounds. So, um, you know, that's going to help me in the run game, but just, you know, working, like I said, on different leverages and stuff in the run game where I'm going to be playing bigger, more physically strong opponents. So, yeah. So let's play NFL interview. You know, let's say I'm a GM that brings you in for a visit. And I ask Jake, you don't have very many snaps at offensive tackle. Why should we draft you over someone that has a little bit more experience and that might be a safer pick? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just a player that my ceiling is so high. You know, I've only played a year um, to do what I've done now. My ceiling's high. You know, I have very minimal amounts of bad habits. And I'm a quick learner. You know, I, I pick things up very quickly. You know, I, I transitioned from basketball to college football and then switched from tight end to tackle, you know, all in just a short span of time. And my athleticism is something that, allows me to kind of take those transitions a lot easier than other players would. And with some, you know, development, you know, with my athleticism, I'm going to be, you know, my ceiling is going to be very high and um, I'll get there quickly. So. 
Yeah, one of the things we highlighted here, right, that that RAS, like that athletic score, I mean, that's stuff you can't teach, right? The mm-hmm. the speed, the, the, the height, uh, and the, the footwork, that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And the fact that you have that and you've already been able to do what you have been in such a short time is awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I appreciate that. So right now, Dane Brugler, you know, we mentioned him earlier with that article, but he's talking about you being maybe a late rip pick. Other scouts are saying, I mean, he's going to get drafted. You know, as a quick side note, as of this recording, 326, uh, tw- uh, 2023, Pro Football Focus mock draft simulator didn't have you in the system. So uh, I talked to someone, I'm getting you in there because I need to throw you in a mock or two. Uh, but for the sake of argument, if your choice was be between being, you know, a sixth, seventh round pick or undrafted, which would you prefer? Because as an undrafted free agent, you know, you get to kind of choose your destiny to an extent. Right. Yeah. You know, there are obviously benefits to each, um, you know, being a draft pick is very cool, but you know, at the end of the day, it, it being very cool doesn't necessarily set you up for your career. You know what I mean? So if I was to get drafted to a team that was a great fit for me, you know, had a great um, offensive line coach, a great developmental offensive line coach and just schemes that, you know, would, tailored to my um, skill set, you know, that would be, that would be awesome. That's what I love right there is to be drafted into a program, into a a team that would allow me to develop um, into that. But on the other side of the table, you know, going as an undrafted free agent, like you said, you might have multiple options and you can say, okay, this is a, this is some team that I felt very good with on a visit. You know, I was very comfortable with, um, you know, their offensive line coach is very good at developing players like me. And we would choose that team in that instance versus other teams. So, like, like I said, there's pros and cons to both. There are pros and cons to both. And, you know, I wouldn't really be able to, you know, choose right now. You know, they'd both be very cool. And part of the fun and the excitement for me is not knowing what's going to happen with it all. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Yeah, like as you know, growing up as a kid, you're always whether whatever sport you're talking about, you're like, oh man, I'm gonna be drafted by the so and so, and it would just be awesome to say that. But like you said, just the ability to choose your own destiny, right, and to put yourself in the best situation to succeed is is something that can't be uh, undervalued either. Definitely. Yep. So you know, this is a Chicago Bears podcast. I have to ask: Have you heard from the Bears? Have they talked to you at all? Yep. Yep. I've uh, I've talked to the Bears. They're actually one of the first teams that had reached out to me um, around the very beginning, you know, in this 22 season. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've spoken to the Bears. Yep, spoke with them all the way up leading to the pro day and then since the pro day as well. So, Okay, so they were, like, invested in you before that pro day put you really in the, the spotlight. Yeah, yeah, they were one of the teams, one of the five or six that were, you know, on me before, before the pro day kind of blew it out for me. See, I love to hear it because when you see what you were able to, again, do at that pro day and then you put it to the film and how you're able to progress early, early on into kind of, you know, the later stages of that at the end of that season, you know, you see a lot of potential there. And uh, Bears fans have not been super happy with how Ryan Poles has handled the offensive line so far. But to see that, you know, whether it's him, whether it's the scouts are saying like seeing that potential that you're clearly showing before some of these other teams are, maybe we're actually on the right path here. Yeah, yeah, heck yeah. I mean, you know, Poles, he's not got it. He, he's like, he, he used to be an offensive lineman, right? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, so he's he, he's got that mindset, you know, and it's just a matter of, but yeah, they were one of those first teams to reach out to me. So, very, very cool. Well, you know, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Thank you so much for joining me today. I mean, if fans want to, to check you out, right, go to uh, Twitter at Jake underscore wit 33. I just saw that you actually had another uh, interview posted up there where you, you had some pretty solid answers. So things that I didn't get to, you talked about there. 
but yeah, shoot, shoot a message to Bears fans. Just uh, what would if let's say you walked into rookie minicamp, you know, at there in uh, in May, what kind of player would they be getting, and what would they be looking forward to? Yeah, I want to be a competitor. Yeah, obviously athletics from and different sports different positions all the way up you know i'm never going to take mediocre as you know an answer for myself you know switching positions it just brings that drive up so much more for me to prove that i can play you know at the highest level at this position you know like i like we spoke on before i'm, I'm a quick learner um, and i'm going to come out there and compete you know i i believe i should be on that at that level with the rest of the guys and that's when we go out and show so i'm going to be hungry going into that mini camp and, and we're going to put in some work and hopefully there'll be a player too where you can uh, report as an eligible tackle and you know leak out for a, a, a touchdown in the corner right no oh, yeah man that, that would be the goal <laughs> <laughs> well again thank you so much for your time it was awesome talking to you uh and bears fans again tune in we have that mock draft coming up at the end of this week but otherwise bear down as